I'm Hans. And I'm Laura. And we, we love, love to, to go, go to, to the, the movies. movies. Before the pandemic, we loved to go to the theater and watch a film on Saturday. And now we're doing it in our living room. But one way or the other, the one thing we love more than watching the movie is discussing it. So now we get to do it with you and a cocktail. So enjoy. Hans, Hans and Laura, Laura go, go to, to the, the movies. movies. Hello, movie fans. This week we watched... Wait, the- wait, wait, wait. Wait. You are leaving an integral part of the story out of this. Yeah, you're right. You're right. This week, not only did we watch a film... Drum roll, please. Ba-ba-ba-bum! We saw it live in the movie theater. I mean, well, we didn't... We didn't see, like, we saw the movie live. It wasn't a live show. But we went to a movie theater. We went to a movie theater. It's been how long? Well, it it, it would be longer than this podcast has existed. 17 months? It's been a long time. Very long time. And so today we Certainly made, a first for this podcast. We made a triumphant return to the movie theater. Indeed, we did. And we watched the film Pig, starring Nicolas Cage. Right. So you might be asking why we watched, why was this the movie? Why was this the the movie? And I'll tell you why. brought us back to the theater. Because we wanted to go to the movies. And so we wanted to go to a... Small independent movie theater because we we love supporting them. And we also felt that that our experience in the past had been that they were often less crowded than the large multiplexes. And we also wanted to go to a movie at a time when we thought less people would be going. And we also sort of maybe wanted to go to a movie which we thought would be potentially less crowded. And this was definitely the lessest known film of the films at our independent movie theater. But also, it is about a pig and stars Nicolas Cage. So how could our interest not be piqued? Yeah, that's that's right, Laura. Uh, this this movie sort of piqued my curiosity from the uh, from the beginning when I saw it described, in part because um, its description was simply so strange for uh, a movie. It was basically described as a reclusive man who hunts pig, hunts truffles with his pig, has his pig stolen, and then goes about trying to locate the pig. <laughs> That's an interesting description um, on, a, on a movie uh, synopsis right there. I guess I would probably describe the movie a little bit differently. I would maybe say that um, through the loss of a truffle pig, three men learn to confront the loss of loved ones in their own lives in uh, dramatic ways. I That, I think, is the best summary. I would say women... But other than that, yes, 100%. That's true. The only reason I didn't exactly say that is because one of the men confronts the love uh, of his life in the form of a, of a, of his, of, of a woman, 
and the other, and also he confronted the loss of his beloved pig. So in that case, he had actually two, two, two love loves lost to confront in the movie. That's fair. Completely fair. So I, I take that edit away. <laughs> I will also add that in addition to Hans's very good synopsis, one of the reasons why I felt comfortable rolling the dice with this is because in my life, I've seen two movies about pigs. One. Yes. We featured on this podcast. And as we know. Would that be Okja, Lar? That would be Okja. And I love that movie dearly. Mm-hmm. The other movie was Babe, which, ah. you know, was a fine movie. The book was better. But uh, the book was beloved to me and the story is beloved to me. So, I don't know. Maybe there's not enough movies about pigs in the world. Well, maybe not. Of course, if we're talking about pig stories, you can forget Wilbur from Charlotte's Web. Right. But I mean, is that a pig story? Because if it is, and I've seen four movies about pigs, and I love... Maybe it's Pri- not the story about the pig, but the pig's an important character, it shall is we an, say. Okay, so then I, I retract my statement. I also love Charlotte's Web. So there you go. Well... Prior to this movie, I won't say my opinion of this movie yet because we'll get into this, but prior to this movie, I was batting a, I don't know, what do, I, it's been too long since, is it batting a thousand? I was batting a thousand on pig movies, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, that would be uh, that would be an excellent batting average right I was going to say batting 500, but then I realized that, that, would, be that would be 50. Percent. Yeah, 50 so batting a thousand. Which, which wouldn't be horrible either. Uh, so, so there you have it, movie fans. That's the longest description of why we watched this movie ever, I believe, slash what the movie was about. Um, Laura, what are we drinking tonight? Yeah, I want to talk about the movie, but first we have to talk about what we're drinking. We are drinking just a classic margarita. Too hot in here. All the ice melted. You can't hear it. But it is delicious, and we had tacos for dinner, so win-win. That's right, and I'll share my margarita recipe, which is two to one to one. You figure out which is which. Laura, what did you think of the 2021 film Pig? So let me tell you. I had an overall very positive experience watching this movie. I am having some difficulty deciding how much I loved this movie and how much I loved being in the movie theater. Sure. I think I loved being in the movie theater. Sure. I loved, I loved all of it. I loved the immersive experience. I loved the sound. I loved the giant screen. I love my living room, but it's just not the same as being in the movie theater. I think probably this movie was a very good independent film that had its problems in which I'm sure we can nitpick and go into in detail. Um, But I thought like overall it was kind of like an interesting, sometimes confusing, sometimes charming story. And I definitely like, liked watching it, you know? Yes. So my overwhelming reaction that I I would like to share is that 
I found this movie watching watching this movie to be well. Basically, I felt that Nicolas Cage character was about the strongest argument that has ever been made for hand sanitizer in the history of hand sanitizer. I think that Purell could simply have like have like had underwritten or sponsored that film because what? all of his interactions in that movie. I just kept thinking, oh, please pull out some hand sanitizer already. It was like he did so much. Like anytime he was cooking, oh. he, he always was picking the food up with his bare fingers oh. and then smushing it against oh, his Oh, it was nose killing me. Oh, it was killing me. It was killing me too. Movie fans, this man was so filthy. It was unbelievable and impossible to sort of imagine just the levels of dirt that were on this man. Please watch a few minutes of the movie to get a glimpse of what I mean, that's like so you can appreciate that. It's established early in the movie that he doesn't shower. He does not shower and he lives in the woods. And that's that's the beginning. That was his clean state. Right. We see him wash his hands in a river in the beginning of the movie. And we see him wash his hands and face in the river at the end of the movie. And he goes on this whole epic journey, and I'm pretty sure there was no washing or sanitizing or anything in that entire. No, and you there, know what? I think when he starts cooking, he washes. Yeah, well, his hands. that might but be, still, but that was takes, far too little. And he still takes and smushes the food against his face, which it, which spoiler alert: at this point in the movie, his face is bruised and bloody and like he literally has blood caked all over his face and hair because he's like he like got his face got like cut up and he just like bled all over the place and he never cleaned himself yeah yeah so and this has been like days the the man is cooking food preparing food handling food eating food throughout the movie it is it is very um it is it is it's a real problem it's a, it's a problem it's a problem we don't it's this is not a scenario just of like a bloody vin diesel driving around in cars or something like that through the movie doing fight things um, and he's wearing the same clothes the for the same entire clothes. the entire oh, movie gosh. which i'm and the sure. same the same fingerless gloves that I'm I, I'm not sure if he even took them off when he cooked. No, I'm not he even did. sure. He did, did he? Okay. But I mean, good. like he like the clothes clearly weren't clean in the beginning of the movie. Mm. And then like the movie spans over at least two mm. or three days. Sure. Maybe four days most. Mm. But I mean, like the man did not change out of his clothes at any point, and they were clearly not clean to begin with. Sure. So let's move on from from, yeah. from that description. That was um, that being said, as gross as all this was, and as much as I noted this as well, and it was kind of driving me crazy, I don't think that necessarily took away from my enjoyment of the film or the plot of the film. No. All right. So so I'd like to, to say another one or two things yeah. briefly here. One, one thought is that I, I have a feeling that this movie might mark a, a indication that perhaps Nicolas Cage is decided that he's... He's interested in moving his career in a um, a, a different direction moving forward, and no that perhaps more, no more fiery motorcycle rides. Yeah, I don't know. I I I wonder if the Ghost Rider days are 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 finished. Um, what a loss that will be. <laughs> um, I don't. 
I, I don't know. That that remains to be seen, but I, I think it's interesting that he, he decided to do this movie. I think perhaps it indicates that he's he's sort of interested in in, in doing movies Becoming in a, a different... Becoming a serious actor? Like, I don't say that as an think, insult. And I think but... that might be a little bit unfair. Nicolas Cage is apparently very much loved among other actors. Like, he's he seems to be an actor's actor is a reputation that I get, is a lot of actors really have a lot of respect for him even though the reason for that is a little bit confusing to, I think, the movie-going public. So I think that's interesting, and I'm kind of curious to see uh, to see where things go from I here. I didn't mean that as an insult. I think a lot, of, a lot of actors hit a point in their life or hit an age when they decide that they're done making movies to make a lot of money. Yeah. Like, I mean, I think like Leonardo DiCaprio, George Clooney... Sure. Michael Keaton. These are all examples of people that are kind of like, yeah. yeah, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm doing whatever movie I decide that yeah. like I want to do. And I'm just, that's what I was speaking to. That's right. And so yes. it was unfair of me to call that a serious actor, but you know. No, but I think that's, that's right. That's right, Laura. So I'm wondering if that's sort of the direction things are going, in which case I say thumbs up. Let's see where things roll from, yeah, from totally. here. You know, Nick Cage has a, um, has a, has a particular voice. <laughs> Yeah. I don't think that that's ever going to disappear. That's just that's just that I believe uh, it seems from this movie. Um, but he's he was I, I found him to be um, just just fine in this movie. Maybe yeah. good. I'm not sure. Hard to say because uh, dialogue was so sparse and his um, his clothes and grime was so intense. Um, I mean, I found it. I have lots of questions about this movie, but I don't think my questions were about his acting. No, like, no. I thought that the acting, I, here's the thing, is I thought the character was believable. Sure. And yeah. I did think he brought some nuances to it. It's sort of like monotone as, you know, this like scratchy monotone voice that is sort of like the Nicolas Cage right. hallmark. I did think he brought some nuance to it because there were definitely scenes that were quite understated humor that he was able to deliver on. Okay. I, I, I thought it was, I thought it was interesting. Um, so I, I don't know. What other thoughts do you have, Laura? I'm so confused about this like whole, like, waiters like fighting yeah i agree laura that's i, I was wondering when we were going to get into that because this will be the second movie now that we've watched two in weeks which in a row been, two weeks yeah in, in which row. there has been these underground wait staff um fight clubs and i'm just wondering this has to be based on Something. reality and this is this is deeply strange here um what, what is up with underground fight clubs yeah. I don't know. It was very confusing. I was like, is this a thing? And then the thing that was extra confusing about this fight club to me was like the other fight club, if that's what you want to call it, was like to fight over tips or extra tips or something. Right. I don't know. But this one, I was just like maybe a betting fight club, but like he, he was like part of this fight club just because he thought this person would have information on how he could get back his pig. And it was very 
knowing the end of the movie, here's a criticism, right? And this was not a problem while I was watching the movie, but in retrospect, knowing how the movie ended, which I don't want to ruin it for, for anyone, but knowing how the movie ended, I'm kind of confused about how so many people knew the like breadcrumbs defined the pig sort of like knowing how the movie ended. Cause like, wow, word really got around about this pig and I'm not really sure why. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that that perhaps reveals that, uh, while this is a, uh, a movie podcast, it is not a truffle podcast. Um, and no, we the, do not understand the world the, of truffles. The, the, the sourcing of truffles and the underground world of high-end um, restaurant supply is is uh, something that I am not even a amateur. I mean, I will say this: I do applaud the fact that this movie was a movie that had a plot and had themes and you alluded to this in the introduction like this this was one of those movies where you could write two completely different summaries you could write the summary that is all about these three men tangentially related to the restaurant industry and them learning to mourn the loss of things in their life. Yeah. And, but you could also say this is like an epic journey for this truffle hunter to rescue his pig. And I think really that's at the heart of most movies I love, which is that the plot is often very different than what the movie is actually about. And you have sort of all these really beautiful themes weaved throughout the movie like this idea of like doing what you love and like what's actually important and like not getting caught in the rat race like there's all these sort of like yeah themes that are sort of weaved through that send like a really good message and so i think there's a lot of merit in this film that being said there was a lot of like interesting strange things in this film too which made it well you know laura it's fair to say that 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 there are a a a reasonable number of of independent movies that are are made that we watch i think that um are entirely devoid of a logical plot or (laughs) perhaps are entirely devoid of plot whatsoever at all uh, this this movie had a plot that was 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 understandable. Yeah. And so to your point about plot and theme, I agree with you. And I would also just like to mention again that the fact that it had a plot actually was perhaps a selling point in some ways that is um, not necessarily something that you would see as being uh, even worth noting, um, but but is is notable here. Um I have a, a comment to make yeah. about something else, if you don't mind. Uh, we've watched in recent weeks uh, a couple of movies about food. Um, we watched true. Chef, for instance, which we um, definitely took to task, shall we say. Um, and we watched this movie this week, which uh, also was very much an ode to food. And then curiously enough, in the theater directly next to ours, and in which uh, people were headed, filing into the theater at the exact same time as 
as us, and in, in fact, in greater numbers, uh, was Roadrunner, a documentary about um, Anthony Bourdain. I think that the the documentary about uh, Anthony Bourdain aside, which neither you nor I have seen, I think that some of these narrative films uh, about food are a bit strange or perhaps point to a bit of a strange place that food currently occupies in our culture or our cultural imagination, which is to say that it's almost this, this fetishization of the love of food. It is very curious to me. Wow. I, I like good food very much. I think it's fair to say that, Laura, you and I are, for better or worse, kind of foodies. We're yeah. kind of snobs about food. We eat so really, we, really we, well. That's happened to us. Yeah. And so we're not immune to the, uh, to the love of food and the love of good food and the appreciation of food and restaurants. But I do think it's a little bit strange this idolization of of food and sourcing of food and preparation of food and authenticity of food well and those people who cook the food i I think i think it's a little bit i mean you you could make an argument that perhaps what is more fundamental to life than food Uh, and and i think that that's a good argument as well but i think that there's something that i'm not quite tapped tapped into here, which I think is a little bit, a little bit strange at the same time. I, I get where you're coming from with this. I think that, yeah, I get where you're coming from. I feel like I don't a hundred percent agree with you because right. Food is something universal. Like, everybody has to eat. Yes. And so there's something, I think, you know, that we're attracted to. We also live in the era where the Food Network has made a huge comeback. Well, that that, that speaks into the, um, the, the whole milieu of which I'm referring. The counterpoint to my argument, of course, is that we don't have a whole bunch of movies about like selling houses and movies about home builders and we're not seeing a bunch of like Frank Lloyd Wright biopics and people have within the last decade or so been really into HGTV. So maybe my sort of like, and everybody lives somewhere, right? Like, sure. Or most people live in a dwelling, have a place they call home. So maybe my opinion is not a fair one because is there, you know, necessarily a difference between the whole food thing? I mean, I also think food can also be like an art form. You know, I don't know. Now I'm just going to sound like a complete obnoxious foodie but you know if you've ever had some really good duck confit and you like take a bite of it and like that that experience you feel is like not an experience I think is equivalent to like being in a building well I, I don't think that that's necessarily fair or true necessarily but you know I 
we 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 both sought out some really excellent food, and I think that we we've been able to to find some. And um, I think that there's much to be said for for spaces that we inhabit too, if we want to go there. But again, this is most certainly not an architecture podcast, and nor am I even remotely qualified to address such a topic. But I think that there is something to be said for the awe of experience of all, all variety of all varieties of, of things. I do you think there's all of experience up. of food. I think there can be all of experience of created spaces such as existing buildings. Um, I I feel a awe of experience at the top of a skyscraper. I feel an awe of experience in an airplane and on the top of a mountain. Um, you know, and on the coast of the ocean, you know, there, there are many things that can, can sort of bring a, a, a strong sort of visceral, you know, connective, natural sort of feeling to me. And food can certainly fall into that category. Um, I, I, I just, I just find, I just find this, 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 this idolization of of restaurant well, culture and chefs in particular to be particularly uh, curious, shall we say? And again, this being someone who really likes restaurant culture. Yeah, I mean, I think your argument is a fair argument. I don't disagree with you. I can't help but want to like answer that question though when you pose it. And I'm going to just leave two other things, which I don't think are counterpoints sure. to your points, but I think are worth considering and then we can move on from this topic definitely um the first is that you know the movies are often about stories of people right and so like the movie chef or this movie like the food might have been a character in the movie but it wasn't like the movie was actually about food. It was just about somebody yeah, okay, sure. who interacted with food. Sure. I don't remember my second point. Well, I'll ask you a, a point to right. round out this topic then. Laura, if you wanted to watch, if you're going to recommend one of two movies that involved food but were really about characters, would you recommend somebody watch Chef or Pig? It depends on the person. It really depends on the person. What would you recommend, though? But who am I recommending it to? That's People what I'm who saying. are interested in your recommendation for the better movie. I would say Pig. Okay. I would say Pig. So would I. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think it's more interesting. It doesn't rely on convention. Less commercially viable. Hey. But more interest. No, I but agree. More interesting. Yeah. Totally. No, I agree. I agree. Um, what other thoughts do you have about this film, Laura? My one other thought about this film is that... It made you hungry? Made me hungry? It didn't make me hungry, actually. Wow. But I was curious about what exact... Okay, so I was curious about two things. One is that... So one of the things that happens is a character in this movie eats this meal that reminds them of a meal in the past, right? And I was curious, number one, what that meal was. Mm -hmm. 
it seemed to me like it was a squab maybe with some sort of potato herbs herbs but i was very curious and i wanted to know this wasn't important to the plot line but i was kind of in it um but then i also wondered like can a meal be good enough that somebody would serve it to you and you'd not realize what it was and you'd start to eat it well i thought a lot about this during the um during the the month as well and or during the uh during the movie as well i was gonna say the month (laughs) during the movie that we just watched tonight as well i i think that's that's a weird one and i would say my gut reaction would be to say i think that's a real stretch but you know sometimes there's strange things that can that can really hit hit our hit our you know hit our emotional memory in in, in unusual ways and that's you know and, and and as much as that's true laura i think every once in a while i get a whiff of something and i say to myself i don't think i have smelled that since i think of this one obscure day from maybe 30 years ago or something like that and it's like how how is that possible that this could be a smell that that just like popped into my nose and that is reminding me of this one very specific thing and that's fascinating to me you know how how our memories work in that way and i'm sure that's not an isolated experience to me and i think that that could probably be true with food to a certain extent as well um and so and so i think that i think that's it's a bit of a stretch that it would all come together so perfectly in the plot the way that it did in this movie yeah but the the fact that you could have a taste or a smell of something that could really uh sort of just just hit you in a in a, a, a amazing sort of way that would bring you back mentally to a place that you were before. I think there's something that could be said for that. Well, I mean, I don't disagree. And I feel like I get that with food all the time, but it's usually like something that in my past I had eaten regularly and then had not eaten for 20 years. And then you taste it and you're like, Oh my gosh, this tastes like coming sure. home. Yeah. But yeah. 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 That, anyway, that sort of thing too. Totally right. Happens, right. 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 Absolutely. Yes. Anyway. As you can see, while the movie Pig will not, I mean, I'm no expert, but if I had to make a guess, will not be nominated for Best Picture this year. Probably is not going to be the highest grossing film of 2021 either. At least I I hope it's not, Laura, because if it is, that means that something really terrible happens with COVID. Yeah, right? But one way or the other, it's definitely worth a watch, I think. And I think it's completely thought-provoking, as you can see by our uh, our very tangential thoughts and debates. That's right. That's right. You know, independent movies can sort of take you all across the map, and you don't really know what you're going to get, you know? But that's kind of the beauty that's, of it. That's what's fun about independent films. Um as well and i think that this is this movie delivered on what i would say if you're going into a movie theater or a streaming experience saying to yourself i kind of like to have an independent film experience not sure what i'm going to get but 
let's go for a ride here. I think Pig's a movie that you could watch and say, yeah, this is a good indie ride. Yeah, I agree. I agree completely. Everybody's entitled to their opinion Everybody's entitled to their thoughts Everybody's entitled to their opinion